You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Um, uh, medical Talk and on Medical Talk uh, this evening, we welcome one of our, our favorites, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. And he's been uh, yeah, traveling here, there and everywhere. And uh, he's been uh, from a, a very high place, from the mountains. He's come down and, uh, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of him uh, recently. And he was there, but when he got back and he said, Shafat, I'm available and I'm here for the listeners. So let me welcome the listeners with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, Dr. Shankara Chedi, uh, good evening. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, Shafat. And uh, thank you for waiting for me to, to give you a response. I've been waiting a while to get back on, uh, on here with you. No, absolutely, doctor. And, uh, you know, when we're looking around uh, this uh, world of uh, deception, uh, this meritricious world uh, where the forces of good and the forces of evil are constantly at a tug of war. And it seems as if, you know, although you can give them all the proof you have and you can show them statistics, but you can see how it works. Uh, these forces of evil will uh, blatantly, you know, try and push in uh, or forward uh, their agenda, no matter how brilliantly you know, the world has reacted uh, to this uh, pandemic and the proof that has been shown and uh, the, uh, you know, statistics that are showing that so many people have succumbed, uh, you know, by taking uh, this uh, so-called jab. And uh, now yeah. they want to uh, uh, usher in another phase, but blatant, blatantly uh, putting all the uh, proof and the statistics that prove otherwise, but they want to tell you otherwise. In other sense, even our president Surah Ramaphosa has been heavily compromised in the sense that many say that, that when it came uh, to uh, this pandemic, he was the one that went overseas, unilaterally booked the type of uh, vaccination that we will be using here, and the money and all that came subsequently, no one knows where it went to and where is it. And uh, so far, uh, the, the recent I've heard that uh, there's a rumbling in the jungle, the rumbling in uh, the ANC that they want to get uh, uh, they want to replace him ASAP because he's uh, not following certain protocols. Dr. Shankara Chetty, you as a man that has been in the forefront, uh, someone in the as a pioneer that warned uh, the world, that warned the locals that be careful that this is a, uh, uh, you know, it's a genocide being pre-planned against mankind. And uh, subsequently, your theory and whatever you have uh, spoken about has proven to be absolutely true now they want to go into phase two phase three and i don't know what phases they want to go through and but those people that usher in these words that are you know put into the spotlight and those speak these words or these flowery terms of mesmerizing people uh, they are given awards they embrace and they celebrated and they get prime time on uh, these uh, propaganda media what's your thoughts uh, so far and talk to us about this uh, latest uh, pandemic that they're, uh, you know, that they're plotting on and say it's going to be much worse, uh, Doctor? I guess you're about to stir fear. The next one's got to be worse. The sequel's got to be worse than the, the first the first version. So I expect that they'll do more. But uh, if you look at, uh, well, he's talking about Ramaphosa and our government, all of them are compromised. Uh, they will not see the truth, Shafat. Bottom line is their ignorance has a an agenda. So they're not just ignorant; they're ignorant because they have an agenda. So they will never. That's that's a kind of ignorance you cannot enlighten. Uh, they know what they're doing, 
for such educated people, it's unusual for them to be that ignorant. Of course, there's an agenda to their ignorance. Now, looking at what they want to do in the future, we know that there were other pandemics planned. Uh, Bill Gates made very certain of that, with a smirk on his face telling us that the next one we'll notice. Uh, what we did uh, early on in this pandemic, Shabbat, we realized that the, the, the patent for the Moderna vaccine was already given to Moderna in 2017, before we had any clue of COVID coming to our shores. So to, to understand what the next pandemic would be, the place to start would be to look at any patents given out to these vaccine companies to make vaccines for illnesses that were very uncommon. Uh, why would you, uh, in 2017, if we knew that Moderna was making a vaccine for coronavirus, we'd ask why? It's not such a deadly illness. But of course, gain of function ties into that. And if you take any mild illness and uh, change its uh, pathogenicity, So we went yeah, to Doc. Uh, okay, you're back. I, I noticed that uh, someone tried to, yeah, call. they tried to call Doc because yeah, he's so yeah. popular. Yeah, so, Go so, ahead, uh, Doc. Yeah, what we did, Shafat, we looked at Moderna had a patent. Yeah, it seems. Uh, yeah, Doc, uh, it's uh, someone yeah. trying to call you, but I hope they yeah, stop calling you. Just cancel that. But uh... Go ahead, Doc, I'm listening. Can Shafat, I'll just send the, this person a message. I think they just keep trying. Okay, so what we did was we saw that uh, Moderna had a patent for the, the, the uh, virus, the vaccine, uh, two years before the pandemic started. So to predict what the next pandemic would be, we started looking at patents around the world for any vaccine for a virus or a bacteria that's not really pathogenic. And what we found was strange in that there were patents being uh, that were issued for monkeypox, and there were patents being issued uh, for uh, not Ebola, but for uh, for one other virus that causes hemorrhagic kind of fever as well, Marburg. And so when we saw these two patents, we realized, oh, they're going to release uh, monkeypox and probably uh, Marburg virus because the patent is out to make a vaccine. And so we sounded the alarm about monkeypox. And so that they tried to bring in and it seemed to fizzle out. The next one that they spoke about was the Marburg virus, but I think they're well aware that we, on top of that, because we've warned a lot of people that uh, they probably bring Marburg next. Then they started talking about this disease X. Now, it's, it's, it's really the most strange thing to dream up a disease and then try to make a vaccine based on that dream. So they're already looking at making a vaccine for disease X, unclassified and undefined. So yeah, they got an agenda. Uh, I think as well they're going to bring in. Yes, yeah, so once again, the gentleman is trying to worry uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty when he's on his interview on Marcus Sahaba. But uh, the doctor has sent him a message and I hope uh, he gets the message, Doc. Okay, let me just send it again on... Yeah, doctor. As you see, people, this is live radio, and uh, you know when we get uh, the, the just uh, our apologies uh, for that, uh, listeners. But uh, you know when doctors of this caliber come on, uh, you know they are very, very popular indeed. Go ahead, Doctor Shankara. We talked about Marburg, 
And so it became something that's sort of a, really a non-starter because people were aware that this is their plot. Then they spoke about disease X, a, a, a disease that they pull out of their thumb. And then strangely, for this dreamt-up disease, they're able to consider making a vaccine for it. Uh, strange how we don't know the disease, but we can make a vaccine for it. Uh, so, yeah, there are plans. With that, uh, early 2020, uh, 2024, uh, that's when they were thinking about this release of this new uh, virus or the uh, institute, the new vaccines. But they're going to bring some food shortages, I think some economic calamities, some climate issues, uh, all in the mix, just to make sure that the fear is heightened and so that people again could do the wrong thing. But uh, we're trying to be a little more proactive. Uh, in the uh, first or in the COVID pandemic, Shafat, the most difficult thing was to convince doctors that there are treatments available and to get them to use those treatments. Irrespective of what the rest of the world did, the medical fraternity should have come to the party and we would have averted the disaster we face. But a lot of these doctors have actually woken up and now they're looking to people that were in the lead at the front uh, at, uh, the COVID pandemic to provide some direction for future pandemics. So we're collaborating and looking at what kind of protocols we can come up with so that whatever pandemic comes out, the doctors at least have some idea of how to treat. And they're not left in the dark again. So yeah, there is there is moves put to try and counteract what they're planning. We don't know what's coming, but uh, we, we can at least take some measures to build some hope and courage amongst the medical fraternity. You know, absolutely, doctor. But uh, this desperation of uh, you know putting uh, mankind into the fear mode and uh, to get them uh, you know all uh, acquiescence and silence and so forth. But uh, something else has come into to the fore. Either the people are becoming more conscientized. Many are talking, uh, you know, uh, about this, and uh, you know, there's a healthy discussion going on. But uh, those are that in power, that are in power wouldn't like uh, this to happen, and so that uh, the false propaganda and the false news uh, this goes on. But they still have the gall to, you know, push forward their agenda uh, with uh, such force and desperation. But uh, you know, people like yourselves and uh, many thinkers that came to the fore uh, managed to, you know, uh, hold or stem the tide of uh, ignorance uh, in uh, most of mankind. But, uh, Doctor, the, perhaps the question uh, to pose uh, is, you know, they wouldn't stop. And it seems as if these people that are living in uh, their towers of wealth, uh, ill-gotten wealth, uh, have uh, security fences around them. They have uh, the army around them. They have all these different forces protecting their thiefdom at the expense of the masses. But now the masses of the world have risen. Uh, can there be a paradigm shift? How long will it take, Doctor? Uh, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, they are nuking. They are planning to nuke each other. What will happen, Doctor? I think, Shafat, uh, what we must realize, we're dealing with a group of psychopaths that are actually out of touch with the reality of humanity and the, the, the ordinary man's trials and tribulations in his life. And so they go and instigate and institute all these measures without any consideration for the person. Uh, or from my perspective, my patient. They have no they have absolutely uh, no regard for that. So when we look at what's going on around us, this is happening in every country, and it's covering every facet of our existence. 
from education to the way economies are run, to the politics and social structures, to education. So it covers to even the law and justice. So it covers every facet of our being as, as humanity. And the problem is that these people have been able to institute all these rules and regulations without any objection from us. So as a population, we have failed. We have failed to protect our freedoms. But laws should always be easier to take away and to make because laws are what take away your freedom. But now you find it's very easy to make a law, but very hard to repeal a law, which is the other way around. When you look at freedom, laws should be difficult to make and only be made if absolutely necessary. Laws that are irrelevant should be easy to remove. But that's changed. Every day there's new regulations, the World Health Organization's making their own. So all these people seem to be setting the framework for how we as humanity should be governed. But remember, the governance of humanity is dependent on our compliance with these rules and regulations. So they can do whatever they want. As long as we do not comply, they have absolutely no way of forcing us to do it. So I think it's time humanity woke up. And again, we need to be consciously objecting to what's going on around us. Uh, that's the first thing we need to do. The second thing we need to do is not comply with any regulations that are put in front of us that break our, our constitutional rights. So I think the easiest thing to do would be just to say no. They'll have no power. We give them the power by following. And that's what we need to change. And uh, you must remember, Shafat, the organizations that make up all these rules and regulations and that are actually looking to govern the world, they are unregulated, they are unelected, so they are autonomous bodies. So I, I would say that they are private clubs. And these private clubs don't have to play, play by the rules because they're private clubs. They have their own rules and regulations. The World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, all these bodies are private clubs, even the UN. So as a private club, you got no right to be telling me what I can and can't do. You can tell your club members what they can and can't. And I think people need to wake up and realize that, that we need not comply with everything. Remember, this is the Luciferian agenda that's taken over the entire world. But it is not our job to fight Lucifer. Our job is to find a bright future. And to do that is to bring people together, create the right vibrations, look to a brighter future with a smile. And if we focus on it, our collective consciousness will make God give it to us. We can manifest whatever we want. So the, I kept asking, why do we keep talking about why the devil does what he does? He does it because he's the devil. We've seen that. Why he does it is not our business. It's not our fight. That's God's fight. We got to know what he's doing so that we can avoid it. And so it's vitally important that people start to look to a future. We know things are breaking, but it's our job to make sure we build it anew the way we want. This Luciferian agenda wants to break the fabric of society and build it anew, enslaving us. Before they get the chance to build it anew, we better have our ducks in a row as to what we want for our future and make that a reality. So I think uh, when we look at where we are in the pandemic, uh, everyone, these organizations can do and say what they want. Ramaphosa as well can do and say what he wants. But as long as no one complies, they got no way of forcing it. 
The problem is a majority of people just go ahead and comply. And they leave people like us that are fighting for our freedoms all alone standing in one corner. That mustn't happen again. This is for the freedom of our children. And if we don't do it, then those people that are allowing this to happen better take responsibility for the enslavement of the future generations. And that's something that they have to come to grips with. Uh, we have entered the darkest hours of humanity. Uh, revelations, uh, Kalyuk, Itzian. That's the reason I did this pilgrimage. But in the darkest hour, it is not our job to fight the devil. It's not our job to stop the flood. It's our job to find the ark, to find our salvation. And it's a strange thing, Shafat, but to do that, we have to have a communication with the divine. That only happens when we're kids. We think that we grow up. But the day you thought you growing up is the day the devil took you by his hand. He distracted you from ever talking to God again. You've got to go sit in church and mosque and try and find him. But you knew him as a child. And I think the rub in this pandemic and, and my journey to Mount Kailash is that we need to teach people how to be children again. Innocent, curious, blissful, non-confrontational, not willing to look at things that really don't influence you. But in playing with your favorite toy and being engrossed in that, God will speak to you. That's the only time he'll speak to you. And I think the only way to our salvation is to go back to being kids, innocent children, learning how to play again, learning how not to take the world so seriously again. And it's easy as a kid to just avoid someone. You know, you're not going to take on their burden. And I think that's what we need. When these people bring out all their things, we can just say, hey, stop you, leave me alone. You know, and they can't do anything about it. Well, Doc, you know, you say things are uh, something that uh, resonates with me. And, uh, you know, we always say, uh, before we begin our prayer, to we say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. I seek refuge from the accursed Satan, and I begin in the name of the one true God. But uh, the reason is, you know, you look, this is a meretricious world. This is a, a world that takes you away from the remembrance of our maker, our creator, our sustainer. This is the world where weapons are used. Uh, you know, you can use a knife to butter bread. You can use the same knife to stab a person. But you see billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent into the armaments industry so that they can, you know, cause mayhem and war and, uh, you know, make people do what Lucifer really wants to do is uh, to put up mankind one against another. And uh, then you find uh, that your food is being compromised. The alcohol industry is uh, booming and you find that the, uh, you know, pornography and all this. But as you said, the innocent child never knew that. The innocent child knew its maker, knew its creator. The innocent child didn't know what was hatred. It only knew love. It knew how to smile. It didn't know what was a discrimination. And as you said, you know, he that knows his heart, he knows himself. And he that knows himself, he knows his Lord. And in the, uh, in the case of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu he went into the cave of Hira, he went to, to do uh, introspection, and it was during the time of that introspection that the revelation came, that Gabriel came into him and gave him the message. He said, read, read in the name of thy Lord, and then he started reading, and it tells you what direction to take in life. And uh, bless you, doctor, you went into your introspection, and you went and you know yourself very well, and you try and disseminate that uh, message. And I can tell the listeners that you are a very cool, calm, and collected person. And I uh, you know whilst you're on air, doctor, lots of, uh, when I put your composite out, a lot of questions came for you, and I'm going to ask you a few of them, 
and uh, perhaps uh, you can answer your listeners uh, because uh, you know they missed you. And uh, perhaps I will take uh, this question, which came from Ahmed, and he says, uh, "Assalamu alaikum, Mr. Shafat. Uh, on a medic, I'm a medical student. I extend greetings of respect to the learned Dr. Shankara Chetty. Please enlighten us about toxins trespassing the blood-brain barrier and the role of aluminium." I mean, Doc, I never knew that uh, there was such a powerful question, but uh, you know, they know you're a powerful man. How do you respond uh, to our friend Hammer, the, the doctor? Uh, yes, uh, we, we are aware of uh, toxicities that can breach the blood-brain barrier. Uh, there are a lot of things that they use, Chapat, that get through the blood-brain barrier, like a simple thing like fluoride in your toothpaste. Uh, it will affect your pineal gland. Uh, the blood-brain barrier is a membrane that's almost a cell and only allows certain things through it. Now, that membrane is at its weakest or at its, its least filterable uh, in, in the depth of your nose, right at the back close to your ethmoidal sinus, your cribriform plate. Now, uh, I was concerned about them using something like the nasal swabs for the PCR. Why do you need to stick a nasal swab so deeply up someone's nose where you might come into contact with this area of the brain that is very porous? I mean, if you thought that this virus would spread so dangerously that you had to socially distance and isolate people and lock down the community, then surely, if it's a virus that can spread so easily, I don't need to stick such a long swab up my nose to find it. I probably can talk and you'll isolate it from my from, from the droplets that come out of it. So yes, for a long time, there have been ways of entering the brain and affecting the brain. And one of the main ways is with heavy metals and uh, vaccines. Vaccines have a lot of heavy metals in them, aluminium, mercury, uh, dimerosol. So there's, there's a lot of different ingredients that they put into these things that can breach the blood-brain barrier, which is a very dangerous thing. But uh, on the flip side, we found that certain uh, nasal sprays have the ability to get to that area, that porous area, and get into the brain itself. So it gives us a new route to actually treat brain conditions. Uh, there's a friend of mine doing tests on an uh, intranasal drug, not drug, but a uh, 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 nutraceutical, because it's uh, sprayed into the nose, it absorbs a lot easier. And he's found great benefits with Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. So yes, there are breakthroughs coming through understanding the blood-brain barrier and what transpires with, with that blood-brain barrier and how it works. But there's a lot of toxins that are put into our environment that we are unaware of. And it's a very slow kill. So a lot of the preservatives, colorants, flavorants, things like that, that are put into our normal foods are toxic to us. They build up over time. And that's what causes the problem. Uh, one, uh, just uh, to, uh, talking about the brain itself, it's a part that is very poorly understood. And of course, the medication around it has all been held by the pharmaceutical industry. Now, recently, uh, I, I saw a study that was done that showed that antidepressant medications and things like that don't really work. They don't really have a benefit. But then as a doctor, I treat patients with antidepressants and I see it working. So I know that there is some benefit from it. So I went down that rabbit hole to look further about what this is about and things. And what I found was that a lot of the psychiatric, uh, psychological conditions we suffer with, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, mm -hmm. is all related to histamine release in your brain. And that histamine causes the mood upsets and things like that. 
So an antihistamine would be ideal to solve that problem. But if you look at the structure of antihistamines and the structure of some of the antidepressants, they're almost identical with just a slight change in them. So did the pharmaceutical industry realize that this is allergic processes happening in the brain and it would be easy to solve them with antihistamines, but they'll make no money. So they changed the shape of a molecule, call it something else. It does the same thing, but they market it at a higher price. So I think the understanding of the brain, the blood-brain barrier, the way these toxins in our environment actually influence us is vitally important. Our parents never suffered, our grandparents never suffered the conditions we suffer with. They never had Alzheimer's and dementia and cancers and strokes and heart attacks and all the things we have. So can we say that medicine has really advanced when it hasn't really improved our longevity and it really hasn't improved our quality of life? So we're finding things, we're treating them, but they're not making a difference in the end. And are we treating the right thing or are we just finding things that are saleable? You know, you make a valid point in then uh, things that are saleable, uh, the uh, pharmaceutical industry making money, they say pumping poison upon poison, and uh, the uh, you know long-term effect of uh, you know the side effects are more detrimental than the ailment itself. And uh, moving on, doctor, this question says, "Assalamu alaikum, uh, walikum salam." Excellence on medical files, Shafat. Uh, the vaccine coverage over the past few years on this platform has been riveting. Credits go to, uh, to Dr. Shankara Chetty. What does the toxic chemical used as a disinfectant for heat-sensitive medical equipment do once it's in the human body? Jazakallah khair, Umar Isa. Another powerful question for you, Doc. Yeah, we use uh, chemicals like hibitane, uh, those kind of chemicals to sterilize uh, surgical equipment, things that can't be put into an autoclave for things that can't be sterilized in a standard heat sterilizer. Uh, generally, in my practice, Shafat, I'm aware of the toxic nature of those chemicals. They slow down with wound healing. They can cause a whole range of other issues in the body. But remember, it depends on how frequently you're exposed to them. So generally, with surgeries, people don't get high exposure to this. But I generally, in my practice, I use hebetane to clean my equipment. But then after using the hebetane, it's washed out with uh, clean water uh, completely and then put into a UV sterilizer. So I rather use UV to sterilize my equipment rather than any chemicals. But of course, there are, there are certain chemicals we use to sterilize like iodine, which is relatively safe. Uh, but all these things need to be looked at. It's anything that comes into contact with the human body. I think uh, what people don't realize, a lot of stuff gets absorbed through your skin. And we think we can just touch everything around us and it won't harm us. But a lot of the chemicals that we're surrounded by can absorb through your skin, like the organophosphorus, insecticides, and things like that. So when you spray a can of doom and a little bit drips onto your finger, that's going to absorb into your bloodstream and it's going to impact on your liver. Do it every day. Let it touch you every day and you'll notice it. Uh, so these injuries that we sustain are constant minor injuries that over our lifespan become additive. And eventually, you don't really know what I think that's what we need to do. We need to look at the entire petrochemical industry, figure out what is safe and what's not. And from there, start to reassess what we can and can't use in our daily existence. I mean, a simple thing like disinfecting the surfaces around you is not a good thing to do. You kill all the bacteria around you. 
but we indiscriminately killing even the good ones that our survival depends on. So someone made you scared that there's bacteria around you that can kill you, and now you want to kill all of them. Yet some of them are very beneficial to your chunks. So I think we need to be a little more discriminate about what we use, but also we need to realize that our bodies are our temple and we must take care. I think people have become too, too complacent about their health and it's easy to defer your health to a doctor. They blame him when you're not, when you're not well enough. People have to be responsible for their own health. I think that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, when you're going into theater, when you have any procedures done, when any doctor prescribes anything to you, you have the right to question. And don't be afraid to question, to read, to understand. After all, it's your body. You can't blame anyone after you die. So you've got to be very cautious about what you put into your body uh, from, from day one. And this is something that should be taught in schools. I think our education system needs to catch up with how to take care of your health, both physically and spiritually. And that's lacking in schools. So we're getting fed misinformation and we spend our lives just following those rules and regulations that make no sense scientifically. Yeah, I think we spoke previously, Shapat, about eating and how that can impact on you, the detriment of having breakfast, the detriment of eating wheat and milk. But all these things are taught in school and people come out believing it, that that's the truth. So I think, uh, yeah, we need to relook at the entire petrochemical industry and see how it's influenced the world. Because since the advent of the petrochemical industry, there's been an explosion of death and disease. We need to understand why that's happening. It's all the chemicals we're surrounded by, and we don't understand a complete effect on our body. Yeah, doctor, and, uh, you know, talking about the education system, now they're going to sell alcohol at schools, and uh, no one questions that. And you know what alcohol does to your liver, what it does to your brains. And according to one uh, French uh, psychologist, uh, this was many, many years ago, that once you start imbibing this uh, type of, uh, you know, intoxicant, it makes you worse than an animal. You don't even know who your mother is, your father is, who your sister is, and you, be, uh, you behave worse than beast. But it's illegal. You can buy it. You can drink it. And now the city season coming. You know what's going to happen there, Doc. But let's move on. Let's move on before Cyril Ramaphosa and all these other members of Parliament say you're spoiling our party, Doctor. <laughs> but, uh, let's move on. Uh, yes, uh, you'd like to comment on it, Doc? Yeah, no, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Chef. But the education system needs to be relooked at. In fact, I'm working with uh, Jay Naidu and a few other politicians. We're looking to form a people's party. In a party that is not political, but has the mandate to express the will of the people. So we can tell politicians what we want from education, what we want from economy, what we want from the political structure. So they have to follow what we want. They don't come into power and tell us what they want. So we, it'll give us the opportunity to structure our education correctly, to make sure that children are getting the best, uh, to make sure that they be all they can be, we're not just pushing people to become doctors and lawyers and walking around with degrees who can't find a job. That's not how humanity is supposed to be run. So I think, yeah, uh, we will get there. There is a bright future if we're willing to look for it. And the way to look for that, Shafat, is to stop concentrating on all the negativity around us. Just mm. don't let it harm. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, but we need to identify the negative forces, and we need to tackle them. Because if we're going to acquiesce in silence, these things are going to manifest, uh, Doctor. Yeah, uh, Shabbat, it'll manifest if a majority of people accept it. 
That's the bottom line. If people accept mm. it, we got no way out of this. If people don't accept it, they got no way to implement it. So it's 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 about an awakening of people. You know, uh, reaching this point of revelation, uh, we've got to understand there's a flood coming. We know that. But it's not our job to stop the flood. Uh, the bottom line is this is a spiritual journey. And I think people need to get in touch with their spirituality. And it's that morality that comes with that that will save us. Uh, you can see with all the, the uh, nefarious things going on around the world, it is done by people that are unscrupulous generally unscrupulous. We can't call them ignorant. They educated people that are doing this. So they're just unscrupulous, uh, immoral, poor compass. And I think that's if people can make sure that they have a true live connection with their creator by being innocent, by being blissful, by doing the right things and being going back to being children, we'll be led in the right direction. After all, our win will be at the behest of our creator. We can't take credit for winning anything. So yes, we'll see the light, but how to manipulate the future to our benefit to make sure humanity is what it was meant to be is up to us. It's up to us to see that light and it's up to us to get the information on how to do this will come from a, from a divine source. We all can fight and argue and things. It's not going to get us anywhere. We just need to know what we want for the future. And in a divine way, get the right vibrations and the right people together and start working towards that. And then the, the, the people that are trying to push this agenda will be afraid, afraid of us because they'll realize they can't influence us. We're doing our own thing. But it's, uh, yeah, to, to wake up people is the big, big, big thing. If, but but you know what? Uh, I, I attended a rally in uh, Port Elizabeth not so long ago. <clears throat> and uh, I've had a few talks. And uh, a lot of people in South Africa are waking up. Uh, New Zealand's got a new government that released some data recently. There's a lot of controversy around that data, but uh, that's just controversy. People arguing about how we look at data. But the bottom line is, whichever way you cut that data and analyze it, it shows that the vaccines were unsafe and ineffective and caused a lot of harm. So you know, whether we like it or not, that's going to come out. And people are going to have to answer for what transpired in the past. So more and more people are waking up to that, that they've been misled. And they want answers. So the government is not going to be able to sweep this under the carpet and move on. They're going to have to provide us with some answers. Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Dr. Salaamu Alaikum Shafat. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Greetings to Marcus Sahaba, the Mufti Saab, and peace on the authentic and brave Dr. Shankara Chetty. We have all his podcasts and uh, learned volumes uh, from him in uh, medical files. We hear of many vaccines containing aborted fetuses and uh, yeah yeah there is it yeah we here we have okay all the this the, my screen is jumping here doctor then it goes on to say we hear of many vaccines that are containing aborted human fetuses what does it do when injected in the human body wassalam babu from uh, westville westville yes uh, dr shankara how do you uh, respond to babu in westville Look, uh, fetal cell lines are, are cells that are used in tissue culture and used to cult culture the vaccines, to, to propagate these vaccines. Uh, so when the vaccine is uh, made, these contaminants have to be carefully removed. But uh, we've seen with the vaccine, Shafat, that there's a lot of contamination in it. And so 
bits of these fetal cell lines will be part of that vaccine. And of course, if you get exposed to foreign human tissue, the chances of a severe allergic reaction are profound. Of course, that's not taking into consideration any other DNA and things that might be there. Recently, they found in the vaccines that there was contamination with DNA, with plasmids. Now, these are things that are used in the initial manufacture of the vaccine, and they should be removed completely uh, before the vaccine is administered. Now, what we found is that the original vaccine was cleaned up very nicely and given for given to be authorized. It was made very differently. Once they got the authorization, they started using E. coli to start manufacturing these uh, vaccines, and they used plasmid technology to get the E. coli to make what they want. Now, when they uh, cleaned up the vaccine before distribution, they should have removed all those contaminants from it. And what we found is that the vaccines have DNA in them, which is very dangerous. The DNA is some of it incorporated into plasmids. That allows the DNA to get into your cells and get into your nucleus. And we also found fragmented bits of RNA, and these are all contaminants. And the, the most telling thing that we found was a sequence, uh, that a DNA sequence that is in a plasmid that can infect or get into your body and integrate itself. That, uh, that DNA sequence is called SV40. It is a sequence found on a it's a Simian virus, a monkey virus, monkey virus 40, where they found the sequence. And this sequence is well known to generate cancers, highly carcinogenic. So the question needs to be asked, uh, why is that in the vaccine? But I think more importantly, if we found levels of contamination in the vaccine that are hundreds of times more than any acceptable limits, the vaccines, if for no other reason, should be pulled off the market simply because of contamination. Let's not even talk about the disastrous effects it has. Any drug that is found to be contaminated is immediately withdrawn from public consumption. Why hasn't that yet happened with the vaccines, even though we found all the contaminants in it? So yeah, human fetal cell lines is just one thing that they use. You'll be quite shocked in how they cultivate or manufacture these vaccines. So I think people need to be far more curious when new vaccine technology comes out as to exactly how that vaccine was made before we extend our arm to take it there. Thank you for that, Doc. Assalamu alaikum, Marcus Medical Files. Wa alaikum salam. Excellence in coverage. Shafata, keep it going and Allah keep our Mufti Saab. Ameen. I admire the work and courage of Dr. Shankara Chetty. Please advise what pig uh, DNA does in our bodies, Mr. Timol. Hey, that's a very, very probing what, question, uh, Doctor. What DNA, Shafat? I didn't get that. He wants to know what P-I-G, pig DNA does in our bodies. Look, whatever DNA you put into your body itself, it has the ability to integrate into your chromosomes and influence the way your body operates. It's, it's something, Shafat, that occurs naturally in an evolutionary setting. So whenever, say, say you're born and you through your life experience certain illnesses quite often, uh, those uh, bacteria or viruses that cause the illness, bits of their 
uh, genetic material will get incorporated into your DNA so that the next generation are a little stronger. So it's a way of adapting to a changing environment. But it's a slow-going process, and it's a naturally driven process. Now, when you artificially put this, this kind of DNA into people, either by cultivating vaccines in pigs or fetal cell lines or uh, in any other tissue, and you don't clean it up properly, you have this uh, DNA left behind that should have been removed, injected into a human being. There is that possibility that it will get into uh, the cells and get into your DNA. When that happens, Shafat, only the cells that integrate that DNA into their chromosomes will start to respond inappropriately or start to react depending on the DNA that was integrated into them. But when that person dies, that cell dies with them and it cannot be transmitted. Where the issue comes in with DNA integration is if DNA integration occurs in either stem cells or occurs in uh, in your sperm or ovaries. So in in your uh, in your uh, fertility uh, influences your fertility. Now, if DNA gets uh, integrated into sperm, then when that fertilizes an egg, the human being that comes from that process will have that DNA in every cell in his body. Unlike with a vaccine that's putting it into specific areas wherever it went, this will be global throughout your body. And because it's starting from a single cell, your body will grow according to that DNA. And I wouldn't expect you to your father. You know? So yeah, there's there's a lot, there's a lot with the integration of DNA into your chromosomes itself. So irrespective of what kind of organism they use to harvest that DNA, be it a pig or, or whatever it is. It has the ability to actually influence your genetics. Remember that if you look at DNA across the spectrum, we are all, I'd say, about 80% very similar. When you look at the apes and things like that, we are almost 99% similar. So slight changes in your DNA have profound influence on what you look like and how you react. Because this is a book, your DNA, that's been written to cover your entire existence. So the slightest change can make the most profound influence on how you grow, how you live. So any tampering with DNA is an absolutely no-go zone. Absolutely, doctor. And uh, looking at the question here, it says, Assalamu alaikum wa salam. Excellent program, uh, Marcus and Medical Files. Uh, it goes on to say, normal uh, contraction of E. Uh, coli is horrendous enough but if injected into humans, what will be the result? Muhammad R.B. E. coli, I believe you need a certain amount of E. coli in your system too, doctor. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, your comments. Uh, yeah, it's a commensal in your body. So you have a certain uh, amount of E. coli. But E. coli is confined to your gut. Uh, if it gets into any other area of your body, uh, your bladder or things like that, it'll cause bad infection. And it needs to be treated and removed. I think the question, Shafat, is coming from the manufacture of the vaccine using E. coli. Uh, mm. What they do is they put the uh, sequence that they want into a plasmid, uh, infects the E. coli with it. That DNA that they put into the plasmid gets integrated into the E. coli DNA. And then with the right substrate, the DNA, the, 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 the E. coli starts making messenger RNA copies constantly. It's been reprogrammed to do that. And that's how they make the vaccine. 
And now, when you talk about the vaccine itself, E. coli being a cellular structure is easy to remove from the vaccine. Yes, if it gets macerated, there'll be bits of protein from E. coli and things like that. But I don't think any live bacteria, E. coli bacteria, can actually be found in the vaccine itself. It won't survive. But if you do get E. coli getting into your bloodstream, that tends to occur if you've had any ulcers in your intestine that got perforated, uh, any bleeding that occurs in your gut that can, that can allow E. coli to get into your bloodstream. And then, of course, with external injuries that can uh, contaminate your blood or inoculate your blood with E. coli. And when that happens, you will have what's known as septicemia. It's an infection of your blood that usually presents with high spiking temperatures, fever, chills, rigors, hot and cold shivers, those kind of things. And of course, uh, again, antibiotic treatment is what's required. And in the case of septicemia, maybe a start with intravenous antibiotics to get quick relief because you get it directly in your bloodstream. But yeah, E. coli, in everything, Shafat, uh, there's good and bad. So E. coli has its good, but in the wrong place. It can do very big harm. Yeah, Doctor, uh, brilliant indeed. Uh, assalamu alaikum, Marcus. Uh, alaikum salam and Shafat and the Honorable Doctor Shankara Chetty. Please inform us of the 30 million Americans affected by the African green monkey kidney cells, their conditions and solution. Solly in Santon. What's that all about, Doctor? Uh, the African green monkey cells, I think as well, uh, Shafat, is to grow the, the vaccine. They used uh, African green monkey uh, to grow the to grow the vaccine. Uh, the, 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 there's also information that's come out now about the cultivation of the HIV virus, and uh, it was done in certain cell lines. And there's a, there's a lot of concern that uh, HIV as well was a lab made condition and spread to human beings. So. In, in, in uh, America, there are a lot of people that have been affected by this particular type of uh, cell line that they use to grow the vaccine. But Shafat, like, like with the petrochemical industry, a little intervention in your body can have profound effects. And if these things are not investigated very closely and carefully, we're going to only see the damage from these things years down the line. And we won't even realize that it came from this. So. The biochemical and the, I mean, the biomedical industry is, is a huge problem in that there is no regulation of it. And it can have the most profound influence on humanity. So tissue cultures, cell lines that are used for growth of different things, uh, <clears throat> uh, DNA manipulation, uh, viral manipulation, all these sciences that manipulate uh, biodiversity need to be well regulated. You know, a simple thing, Shafa, the, uh, a simple thing like bringing in a new species into a country can decimate that entire population. There are countries, I think it was Australia, where they brought rabbits in for some reason. And it took over the entire country. Even the dingo, the dog, it was brought into Australia to kill certain other animal that was being uh, troublesome. Now, it's, it's it, because it's got so much of food, the dingo has just spread and it's become a problem in uh, Australia. There, there's these wild dogs everywhere. So if you look at that, a little intervention can have profound effects that last a lifetime. 
And I think that is where we need to, as the science community, come together and set up new frameworks for the biotechnology industry. Because, I mean, we've got a biotechnology industry that now made a bioweapon. Who's watching? That's a brilliant point indeed, uh, Doctor. You are watching. Dr. Shankara Chetty is watching. Assalamu alaikum, Shafaz. Wa alaikum salam. Splendid, uh, splendid on medical files. We take off our hats uh, to our Dr. Shankara Chetty. How does foreign DNA interact with our own? And uh, kindly tell us why can uh, our body not just reject and expel all foreign toxins injected into humans? Harun Suleiman. Powerful question, Doc. Yeah. Uh, with DNA, Shafat, DNA has the ability to integrate. So if you put a strand of DNA into a cell, the chances are it will integrate into the DNA because we have a, 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 a mechanism to actually incorporate DNA into, into your, into your uh, chromosome. Messenger RNA or RNA doesn't do that easily. Now, with the first SARS virus, they made a DNA-based uh, vaccine. That was problematic. And that's when they decided, well, we'd rather use messenger RNA. It doesn't have the same influence on your chromosome itself. It's more difficult to integrate that into DNA. So DNA, yes, it can integrate into your chromosome. What it does to your body is dependent on what that DNA actually is. Remember, DNA is like a message. It is like a recipe for your body to do something. So everything that occurs in your body is written in this recipe book, and it's a very, very precise recipe book. Now, if you put a, a, a new sentence or something like that into the recipe book, depending on what that sentence is, you'll have an effect. So if it's a gibberish sentence that your body cannot read, it's not going to affect you in any way. But if it's a sentence that changes that, that instruction in a very vital way, then it will change you in a very vital way. So you're either not producing something you should produce, misproducing it, overproducing it, and that's going to have some effects later on. When it comes to the expulsion of toxins and things like that, we are organic physiologic creatures. So our body is designed for everything that nature has to offer. it. So our diets, all that we've learned to tolerate. But there are certain toxins and things that we get exposed to, environmental toxins, things that are injected via vaccines, adjuvants, things like that. And these toxins are not organic. They're not made in nature. So when they get into your body, your body has a rough time trying to eliminate them. So it might not be eliminated through your kidney. Your liver might not be able to detoxify it. And these type of uh, scenarios create a chronic inflammatory process wherever it is. And what we've seen is that all illnesses, irrespective are the result of chronic inflammation. So the way to attack the body is just to ensure that it's chronically inflamed and that, that will end up with some disaster along the way. So these chemicals that we have, these toxins that we're exposed to cause chronic inflammation. And it's the chronic inflammation that results in chronic illness and is the reason for all the diseases we see, from cancers to diabetes to high blood pressure to all the kinds of different brain injuries, all that kind of thing comes from ongoing inflammation. So of course, uh, remember, inflammation comes from the word flame. Flame is what the devil does best. So, yeah, inflammation. 
Absolutely, Doctor. I want you to have your eyes on your clock there before the, I believe the, you know, what they call it, uh, the load shedding comes through. Uh, let's make this uh, maybe the last question here. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafaz, wa alaikum salam. My whole family gets uh, gripped over the vaccine coverage by Dr. Shankara Chetty. May I ask him, what effect can a positive mind set have when the vaccine is forced on a human? Example, if the human trains his mind to say, I reject this invasion, and uh, the human connection uh, to the Creator and praise over oh, uh, Allah. Let the vaccine fail and exit my body fast. Can a powerful mindset subdue the vaccine? Uh, Jazakallah, Ilyas Muhammad. Mind over matter, doctor. I think a great question, Shafat. And absolutely. I think our collective consciousness is the greatest thing we were given. Remember that the universe is just energy. And we as human beings, given as, as the son of God, given the power that he has, have the ability to manipulate energy, the vibration. So we can create anything we want. So if you think hard and long about what you want, you create that vibration around you. And that attracts other people with similar vibrations. And so you can make that manifest. So the human brain has the potential to turn the universe the other way around. So solving a simple thing like a vaccine is a small feat. But unfortunately, humanity hasn't got to grips with the power of our brain. We're still getting there. You know, uh, in Malaysia, I had to give a talk on my journey through COVID. And this time it took a very spiritual turn. It was part of what I discussed with the Mufti about uh, resonance and how DNA works. And it was a revelation when I went to Mount Kailash. I went uh, especially to sit in front of my maker and find out, what do you want? I came in thanks, but I need to know where we're going. No, there's destruction coming, so how do we rebuild? And part of that journey, I discussed uh, the two things that will allow us clear communication with the divine. One is our emotions, and our emotions cloud us constantly. There's constant noise, and so we can't hear the divine. And the only emotion that will get you to hear him and keep you healthy for the rest of your life all your existence is bliss, so uh, eternally blissful. All the people meditating, praying, all that kind of thing, they're trying to achieve bliss or attain bliss because it's in that state you hear your maker. And in the second, the second thing that we need <clears throat> to get the knowledge of the universe, which is all around us, uh, is to have a healthy, innocent curiosity. Uh, so be curious, but be innocent in your curiosity, non-judgmental, don't take sides. Uh, and if you're innocent in your curiosity, then our maker will lead you to the knowledge you need. Now, that is two things that are absolutely important to maintain divine communication. My journey to Kailash was to find out how do we do this? How do I lead people to that ark? How do I get people to be saved? Because I realized that solving COVID and solving the vaccine problems is not solving the problem. It's bigger than that. That is just a small part of the problem. And the revelation was, Shafat, for 20 years I've been teaching my patients to be children, to be un unapologetically the boy or girl that God made. We are children of God. We're not adults of God. And so we speak to him as children. But the day we get our opinions and criticisms and ideas and all our, all our own privileges and prejudices, then we're no more innocent and we stop speaking to him. And it's at that point in our lives that the devil's taken our hand. And he's now distracted us from that communication. So when I look at it, when I went to Kailash, the one thing I noticed 
was that what I need to do is to keep doing what I'm doing, teach people to be children. Because if you look at bliss, where do you find bliss in a newborn child? And where do you find innocent curiosity? Watch a toddler open every cupboard in your house. So we were given everything we were given to communicate with God from the day we were born. How did we forget? Because we had the tools. So the way to salvation would be to get in touch with your spiritual self and become the child you were made. Unjudgmental. Occupy yourself with the things you love. Find the toy that actually mesmerizes you the most. And knowing the, the child in you, you'll know what toy you love. And when you play with that toy and get engrossed in what you're doing, God will speak to you. You'll, you'll eliminate the entire outside world. So I think the, the solution rests with the child in every one of us. So it's not an outward view that's going to give us the solution, an inward view. And to be unapologetically who God made and revel in that joy of being a child. We were supposed to be kids from the day we were born till the day we die. No one expected us to grow up. In fact, my dad is still fighting with me. He keeps asking me when I'm going to grow up. That's something not going to happen in this <laughs> That's for sure. Brilliant indeed, Doc. Uh, yeah, uh, we're playing on road shedding time. Doctor, thank you very much for being with us this evening. We're going to, you know, interrogate our topics more uh, in the forthcoming, uh, you know, series we'll do on medical files. You have a blessed evening ahead and we'll talk to you soon, uh, Doctor. Thanks, Shafat, and uh, thanks for allowing me to share. Now, you're most welcome. Uh, time for us to go for the Isha Zan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.